Thanks for joining us once again on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. Truly appreciate you listening to all of our programs. We've got a special treat once again today. I'll tell you what, it's just so great to have him back because we're going to be talking about two teams that were part, very much a part, I should say, of the storied past of the NBA. And that's the Boston Celtics and, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. The rivalry was just truly, uh, you know, part of the landscape of the basketball era in the 1980s. It's something that a lot of fans romanticize about constantly, even to this day. And wouldn't you know it, it's the year 2020, and both teams are actually doing very well for themselves at this point in time. So with me today to talk about that, is there going to be another rivalry in hand? And what's the future landscape for everything going on for the Boston Celtics and also as well the Eastern Conference is a good man indeed. You got to check out his show, the Skip and Josh podcast today, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the 15,000 podcast apps that are out there. It is a good man indeed. And Skip, I just cannot thank you enough for joining me once again on the Lakers Fast Break podcast. As always, it is a pleasure to be with you, Gerald, and especially to talk NBA. My co-host, Josh, you know, he's not such an NBA guy, so I'm uh, happy to come on your show. Absolutely. Well, always great to have you on. And if you ever need to vent or just like <laughs> let off some NBA steam, you know, you sure. can always call upon me. I'll pop on there. You can pop on here. Basketball to us, I know, is, is great. Sports, in you know, as a general rule, uh, you know, your show I enjoy so much because of the fact that you cover and blanket the entire sports landscape. You talk a lot of hockey. Yeah, and here we're Canadians, in Vegas, right? So. Yeah, here in <laughs> Vegas, I will tell you, there's been a lot of things going on, especially in the news, because we just fired our head coach. Yeah, uh, we talked. We we, uh, we recorded an episode this morning, and we we talked about Gerard Gallant and the Vegas. Do you think it was a good move? No, bad, terrible. <laughs> I think it was a huge part of their success. Right? He was, so. but the, right now the team is just underperforming. They can't win at home. They were in the midst of a four-game losing streak. They have the talent, as as we talked about before, the previous time yeah. we spoke, that yeah. they have the talent to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. And they they're do. just not performing as such. Well, sometimes a coaching change will give you that bump. I guess that's what they're hoping for. But yeah, Gerard Gallant's not going to be out of a job for long. He'll, he'll No, no, yeah. no. He, he, there's a reason why he guided them to yeah, the Stanley sure. Cup Finals in the first place. And such a successful inaugural season in the first place so yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. if you want to hear more sp- great sports talk you got to check out the skip and josh podcast where they cover baseball hockey you name it they cover the world of sports in detail and it's just so great to have you here talking basketball with me when it comes to the boston celtics and the los angeles lakers i'll start off the get-go what has gone so right with the boston celtics this season they're i believe in third place in the eastern conference as we speak on that a pretty darn good record so far and very impressive despite the fact that they lost Al Horford. They lost Terry Rozier, who are both performing well for Charlotte and Philadelphia, respectively. So tell me about some of the things that have gone so right for the Boston Celtics so far this season. Well, I mean, it's a balanced team, right? So they're actually the only team in the league that has three players averaging 20 points a game, right? So it's Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and the new guy Kemba Walker right so that right off the bat you have scoring from different outlets and then when you throw in Gordon Hayward I can get into that in a second because he has been a little bit up and down 
they definitely miss Al Horford. Don't get me wrong. I was a huge fan of Al Horford. He brought a lot to the team. The weakness of the team is is definitely the size, but they were able to have a 27-13 record and be placed in, you know, definitely into a playoff spot because of just all the balanced scoring. Like they, they share the ball. That's that's Brad Stevens' way of playing, and this group has embraced that. And I tell you what, right now, that's something that they've they've really done well. I mean, Brad Stevens has been a very good coach for the Boston Celtics since he's come into the league. I think a lot of people have given him such high praise, and he's always made the team, whatever team that they've rolled out there, very competitive. I will say that in the past couple of weeks, I've noticed some cracks when it comes for to sure. <laughs> you know, the Boston Celtics. I mean, Kemba Walker is just an outstanding fit. I mean, he's so much better to me on that team than than Kyrie Irving. And then, of course, you have Tatum and Brown. I'm so glad that they decided to stick with the youth movement and let them develop as players because, you know, they've been part of so many trade talk over the past couple seasons. You know, there was the temptation by Danny Age, I'm sure, to go ahead and trade him for an Anthony Davis or trade them for some some other – top of the line player and then also gordon hayward it's nice to see him being effective after the injury and now you've got daniel tice a little bit undersized but he is a, a nice shot blocker in there good role man and whatnot but after that it's it i think that's where the problems for me lie is the yeah. depth it's similar to what the, we have the lakers questionable as far as up and down inconsistent when it comes to the players that are coming off the bench and with Boston in the past two, three years beforehand, they were known for their depth. They were known to go seven, eight, nine deep. Now I'm not so sure when I see the lineup you guys pull out there, once you go to go to the bench, that should be an area of concern right now, which is kind of hard for me to figure out because Danny H has still, even to this day, that treasure trove of picks and assets that he could still utilize in order to shore up the team to make sure they're even better for a long playoff run. He's always so cautious about giving those picks up. He just never does. And you're right, Jalen Brown's been mentioned in every trade rumor like for the last three years. And I'm he's developed into a star now. He's 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 really quite a complete player. But you're right, they're very thin with size. And you mentioned Daniel Tice, and they also have Ennis Cantor, but he's also has trouble staying on the court. He's he's constantly battling injuries, shoulder problems. And they don't have much of a bench. I think they had high hopes on Carson Edwards, who hasn't played that much. I mean, you have this guy, Wanamaker. You see him playing all the time. And And he's a player that played all over Europe and and has caught on with the Celtics. He seems okay, but again, it's not like he's not the spark they need off the bench. They also haven't been fully healthy, right? Because that guy off the bench that they should have should be Marcus Smart. And he's been thrust into the starting role now because Jalen Brown is injured. And they haven't had everybody sort of healthy all at the same time for an extended period. Don't get me wrong. Even when everybody's healthy, the bench is thin. And I mean, they recently played Milwaukee and, and Milwaukee showed them why they were the best team in the league. Even though the Celtics kept the game quite close there's no answer for Giannis like well no team has answers for Giannis anyways but especially the Celtics who are so small right that physically they can't match up to him that's what I noticed as well that's something I wanted to talk to you about because the sheer size you don't have the height at most of the positions that you would like I mean they're very skilled players yeah but in 
let's say against you're going with the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the reasons why they're so good outside of Giannis is the fact that they're tall at almost every position for their exactly. size. Yeah, exactly. And that, that that's where I see where the it comes in play as far as facing off against the Celtics. I mean, do you see some tweaks and changes that might be needed in the not too distant future for the Celtics that they might have to go ahead and correct that? Because that seems to be an area of weakness for them. Well, I mean, if they're not actively looking to acquire size at the trade deadline, then I think Danny Ainge is sort of doing a disservice to to the group. Like they know they need help in the middle. They need they need someone who's a presence in terms of blocking shots and just just bigger. I mean, you can't he's not going to acquire five guys, but there's there's usually at least one or two competent big men out there that he should be able to even at least look at at the trade deadline. Once again, I'm talking to Skip from the Skip and Josh podcast. You got to go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts. But that leads me into a bigger question when it comes to Boston in the Eastern Conference. I mean, we're right now, as we're speaking, sitting third in the Eastern Conference, still very much a part of what's going on in the mix right there. I guess you could say you put them, Miami, Toronto, and even Indiana. And I guess you could throw in the Sixers when Joel Embiid comes back right in her in that mix between second and six. So at the end of the season, you could see one team going all the way up to second. You could see them maybe fall down to six. So either way, they're all bunched up right there, right behind Milwaukee, because I think at this point you can pretty much count it for Milwaukee as far as winning the Eastern Conference during the regular season. Definitely. Do you see any major factors in the Eastern Conference competing against each other along with Milwaukee when it comes to Miami, Toronto, which team stands out the most, Indiana, or could a resurgence of Philadelphia when they finally seem to get their act together, which may or may not happen at this point yeah. in time of the year? What, do you really see something as far as a threat to maybe, you know, that, that Boston really fears outside of the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, it's funny. All those teams you just mentioned are all thinking the same thing. They've got to finish second. <laughs> you know Milwaukee's finishing first at this point. That's a given. So... That number two spot in the East is so important. You know, right now, it's Miami who kind of came. I don't want to say they came out of nowhere because they were definitely an improved team last year. But I don't think people thought that they were going to be, you know, as good as they were. Although, you know, Jimmy Butler and then Justice Winslow is is a fabulous player. And then they've gotten contributions from, you know, Tyler Hero. So... They but are Duncan scary. Robinson, Kendrick yeah, Dunn. yeah they're, they, a, they're a scary team. I, I don't like. I wouldn't like playing them. They defend. Jimmy Butler is difficult to play against, but I really feel like getting to that number two spot is is important. As a Celtics fan, do I fear any of those teams that you just mentioned? No, I don't fear any of them except for maybe the Sixers, if Embiid is back healthy, healthy, healthy. But I mean, look, Sixers are sitting six right now. Right. So are they even going to really be a factor? I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not sold on them at all, you know, but certainly Embiid is a scary proposition for a team like the Celtics because who can guard him? <laughs> you know, like no one. Well, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, it, it comes to down to matchups. Yeah. And that's absolutely. the thing with Philadelphia. So far this season, they've been somewhat of a disappointment because they haven't gelled as a unit as, you know, as much as we thought they would because. Yeah. 
defensively, it looked like they were going to be a juggernaut when you have, uh, you know, Horford and Embiid on the front line. You've got Simmons back there who plays very good defense. Yeah. Still can't shoot with a darn. But, no. you know, as, as far as the, the – you had Josh Richardson and you also had, you know, uh, other players that that could go Tobias ahead and make Harris. up – Yeah, Tobias Harris from the Clippers. Yeah, absolutely. Tobias Harris, who was supposed to be your three-man shooting all those three-pointers – just hasn't materialized yet, no. but then again, in a, in a playoff series, especially facing off against Milwaukee Bucks, that could be an issue because of any of the teams that I see facing up against Milwaukee in an Eastern Conference, I still think that Philadelphia could be that team that faces off against them the best because I think they match up against Giannis Yes, the they do. I agree with that. I agree with that. But so much hinges on Embiid being healthy. I know he's supposed to be coming back soon. I read that he's cleared for contact now in practice. So, I mean, I don't think it's long-term, but you don't, if you're a Sixers, you don't want to fall any further down the standings, right? And and they haven't been able to win consistently with Embiid out. Like, like you're saying, it's a game of matchup. So last year as a Celtics fan, did I fear the Sixers? Not so much because we had the one guy in the league that could guard Embiid, and that was Al Orford. <laughs> and the Sixers went ahead and said, we're going to take the one guy in the league that gives Embiid trouble. We're going to sign him. We're going to get him on our, you know, you can't beat him, join him. You know, they they they, they took him. And the Celtics are should be worried about that, you know. And that's something that, again, that you you touched upon is Danny Ainge is going to have to make some choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Celtics are doing very well for themselves in third place. But when it comes right down to it, you know, they're going to have to bolster that front line and also provide some depth, I think, at least. You know, I understand that the, the rotation gets shortened in the playoffs. But still, I would be concerned if you're a Celtics fan and you've got number six, number seven, and number eight player which you usually shorten your rotation to, still coming out there, and the players coming out there off of the bench not really able to get it done. That's true. That's definitely true. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But right now is still a good time for the Celtics, although Indiana, because Victor Oladipo is coming back very soon, and that could really give them a charge even more. And like you said, they're just just a couple games out of second place. So I know that there's something that the the Eastern Conference needs to be wary of as well. Indiana is a team that no one talks about, and they just keep winning, even whatever who they throw out there. And like you said, their best player is not there, Oladipo. Certainly... It's been a real breakout season for uh, Sabonis. He's just a handful, right? He's all over the court, hustle plays under the basket. He's improved his shooting. He's 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 actually like quite a complete. I don't want to say power forward, but you don't he's know where a to sensational slot. job. Yeah. yeah, I just remember the days in Oklahoma City in his rookie year that Oklahoma City decided to go ahead and just stick him out at three point line and just yeah. have him shoot three pointers at thirty percent rate. And yeah. I was thinking to myself, what a waste. Right. What a waste. 
Because in college, he was such a tremendous rebounder. Exactly. And I I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. Then he goes to Indiana, and you see his game develop. He's now an all-star. And if he's not an all-star this year, I think that's a crime. But him, Brogdon, I mean, they have a really nice setup, like you said, in Indiana. And they don't get the luxury of bringing in, you know, the the high-tier free agents. Right. So their team that that really you know has to go ahead and build with within and get lucky on some trades and they sure did. So I'd be wary of them. But you know it's just right now there's a nice mix between second and six and a nice little dogfight going on there. What do you think Boston in reality will do to go ahead and and see what they can do to make some tweaks to get the job done? Is there anyone you think that Boston should target? Well, you know what they say: when there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been like consistent trade rumors for two years about Steven Adams. <laughs> the problem is OKC is in a playoff spot. So I think if they were if they were really having a lousy season, they'd get rid of Steven Adams. But Chris Paul's playing out of his mind for Oklahoma City. And they're actually, I mean, they're not a juggernaut by any place, by any sense of the word. They're in seventh place, but they are in a playoff spot. So it's hard to believe that they'd they just give up on him but that's the guy i'd like to see because he's tough as nails that guy true but would you take him over someone like andre drummond who costs right around the same oh, there's so same... much andre drummond rumors too yeah. especially the celtics played detroit this past week the pistons beat them celtics are coming off some terrible losses they lost to the wizards <laughs> and then they lost to detroit <laughs> well and then your lakers you know lost to uh Orlando? Yeah, their first their first game that they lost with a team under 500. So believe me, they've been hearing about it from the Lakers Twitter out there and right. all that. But, you know, it's just it's, there's so many variables right now when it comes to what's going on in the season. Let me ask you this one. Finally, when it comes to the Eastern Conference as a whole, mm-hmm. do you see anybody matching up against the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs? I still think there's there's a team, you know, that could have a different mindset or could kick it up a notch in the Eastern Conference playoffs because there usually is a team that does, yeah. like we saw with Toronto last year. And they found a formula to go ahead and stop Giannis and Milwaukee Bucks. Do you think you could do do you think one of these teams can find the magic to do it again? I don't think so. I think I think the formula that the Raptors found last year was called Kawhi Leonard. And that guy is in the West now. So and the NBA has a strong history of, you know, you got to lose. You got to take your defeats to learn how to win. And I think that was Milwaukee last year. You know, they were they were thrust into the Eastern. They, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. The spotlight was on him. Giannis is, you know, MVP and all this. And, and you know, they lost. So what happens when you lose? You come back stronger the next year. And I think this this might be their year, you know. Well, it definitely is starting to look like it. I mean, they're a very strong team. I saw them yesterday, uh, the other day, I should say. And, you know, the way they f- they can fill it up from the three-pointer, the way they focused on having that three-point offense that's geared around Giannis Attendacupo, it is all a matter of can you force Giannis to shoot those jumpers? Can you force him or maybe to the line instead of going ahead and and having him dominate so much inside? Can you force Giannis to make those mistakes in a playoff format? I think that's the key because once you see Giannis going to the free throw line and you know he doesn't have enough confidence there, once you see his streaky three-point shooting, those are his weaknesses, but he's improving to the point where two, three years down the line, that may not be an issue. But for right now, 
you can go ahead and possibly focus in on that during the course of a five, seven game playoff run. I mean, right now it is an issue because like at the end of the Celtics game against the Bucks last game, the Celtics made a little bit of a comeback that just fell short in the fourth quarter. And basically they were playing five feet off him, <laughs> telling him, go ahead and shoot big guy. And that's what's going to happen again. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to happen again. I mean, that's not the first time we'll see a star that, you know, you you have to game plan around him. It's going to really come up. You know he's going to put up his, his, his points, 20, 10. It's going to be there. It's like, can Eric Bledsoe make a shot? Can Dante DiVincenzo, you know, is he going to come off the bench and do something big for one game? Is I mean, George right Hill still going to shoot 50% well, from the three-point line? Right now, he's out of his mind shooting three-pointers, George Hill, right? Uh, is he the lead in the league in three-point percentage or close, right? So um, that's who's going to that's who's gonna win the games for them. That's so, well, Someone's going to have to come up big. And your Lakers are in the same situation, right? You're in the same situation because we know that, that we know what LeBron's going to do. We know what AD's going to do, assuming he's healthy. So... Who's going to step up? Who's going to hit that big shot? You know, think of the Bulls. Think of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Who hit the shot in the corner to win the game? Steve Kerr, uh, Jim Paxson. You know, like, where's that guy? Right. But still, there's always the question here on the West Coast when it comes to the Lakers with the Clippers looming overhead and the Clippers having two games up on the Lakers head-to-head that that still gets the Lakers and the Lakers fans here each and every time. But you know what? 33-8. and Going into, as we record this, you know, halfway in the season done, going out into the Grammy trip, Houston, Boston coming up here on Monday, which is why we're, I'm talking to you today. Right. It, it's just such a, uh, you know, great to see that the Lakers and the Celtics are both playing at a very good level, at a very constructive level overall. And it's just good to see that. And I know the league loves to see the Celtics and the Lakers back you know, in prominence overall in the in, in each of their conferences. So it's great to see for both of them. But I want to ask you this, with both now playing at a high level, now again, I understand you can't recreate the 80s. No. I understand you can't recreate the nostalgia and the love many people have for that. In fact, I have. You know, I still have, uh, you know, right over here, right above my head, over here, the 87 world champion back-to-back over here uh, on the other side here that you can't see just off camera shirt that's right there i want to ask you this though is there a new rivalry that can be created because it's, it's just so hard for these days for these rivalries to continue for a long period of time i mean we're seeing it now in la with the clippers and the lakers yeah. but how long that will last for free agency and player flux and and you know situations things like that always is, is susceptible to change but when it comes to an east-west rivalry is there a chance that the lakers celtics rivalry can be reborn again for sure it could. It's always going to be there. You know, Bird and Magic set the stage, right? That was it. That was the rivalry. And then it came back for a little bit there in the 2000s, you know, with Paul Pierce and Kobe and those teams. And, I mean, unfortunately, they're not in the same conference. So what is it going to take to get the rivalry going? They both got to make it to the finals. <laughs> That's it. They got to make it to the finals. And, I mean... Do I love the Celtics? Yeah. Do I think they can make it to the finals this year? Mm, not so much, you know? Like, they, they've got a juggernaut to go through in Milwaukee. Whereas the Lakers, I think, are... Laker fans should be realistically thinking the team should be in the finals. Well, that's and that's what we I mean, are that's thinking. the goal, right? That's the goal. That I mean, goal, yeah. 
I mean, can they beat the Clippers? They're going to have to find out. Can they beat Denver? I think so, you know? Well, there is a finite window because you have LeBron James for only, you know, at this period of time, how much longer is he going to play like this? You don't know. He's, he's, you know, 35, 17th year. You don't know how how much longer he can stay and maintain this level of excellence. You know, you have AD here. But you don't know if he's going to go ahead in free agency and go and sign with Chicago, his hometown Chicago, or or anywhere was, else for sure. I was going to ask you about that because they said he wanted to renegotiate. They want to renegotiate. He says no. He wants to concentrate on this season. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> as, a, as a formality was an opener. Well, when the deadline, you know, for offering a, a player of his stature a new contract came up, you have to do it as a formality. But the, the way it was structured under the current salary cap, you could only sign him for X amount. When he's a free agent, he can be resigned by the Lakers for an even larger amount. So obviously, he's yeah. you know as a formality, he he said no, which I know raises some conjecture, but I think it was just a formality that both sides mm-hmm. had to go ahead and deal with. But there is the point that he has mentioned he'd love to play in his hometown Chicago at some point in time in his career, and you know he is a free agent, but it would be hard for him to leave a team where he could be on the verge, like you said, of playing in the NBA Finals. If everything yeah. falls right, so I don't know. It's just right now the t- the Lakers have to have a win now mentality, and you know their their window is short. They don't have many assets. They don't have much to bring for the future. They need to go ahead and play for now. And with the you know with the prospect next year of the Warriors getting back healthy, of so many other teams making changes, twenty twenty one happens. And you've got Giannis you know, as a free agent who could sign anywhere or re-sign with Milwaukee, you don't know the variables. So right now you have to play for it. And I think the Lakers have to have that mentality going forward. And they can be either them or the Clippers, the representative, because I don't see anyone else, Denver, Utah, Houston, either of those teams. I don't see them beating the Lakers or the Clippers in a seven game series. Uh, You know, I just, I just don't see it happening. I'd love Denver. I think they're great, but I agree with you. They can't beat the Lakers or the Clippers. I I I think they're fun to watch. I think Jovic is amazing to watch, and but no, they can't. And same thing. Houston's proven to us time and time again that they can't. Uh, you know, like we we've seen Houston what their plan of attack is, and it's fallen short. And if you're looking ahead, well, like you said, the Lakers gave up so much to get AD, so they have to win now. They gave up so much, so you have no choice. Right, they have no choice, and not only did it's a double whammy because they gave up so much, and LeBron's getting older. And I respect LeBron James so much; like he's reinvented himself. Like he's reinvented himself as a player. He's leading the league in assists, right? So by over an assist a game, which is you know, so incredible. It's amazing. He's he's a fabulous player, but he's. He's getting older, right? And last year was the first time ever that we saw LeBron sidelined because of an injury. And knock on wood for you guys, hopefully that doesn't happen again this year. But, you know, that's where that could be where it's trending to, where he has to watch out. They got to watch his minutes and they got to be careful about, you know, the back-to-backs and stuff that the Clippers are doing with with. Kawhi Leonard, right? So, and then if you're thinking about looking ahead to 2021 and beyond, how about the Dallas Mavericks, right? Because they certainly have a franchise player to build around, and they're already a playoff team with him. Imagine if they get another piece to come and play with him. Absolutely, and they'll really be something special if that's the case. Because Luka Doncic, even though Dallas, yeah, he is a real deal, and even if 
uh, before in the past, Dallas was not the stop for free agent destinations. They are now with Luca because he's yeah. that type of player everyone likes to play with. He makes the game a lot more fun, just like LeBron is now in Los Angeles. So I could definitely see that happening down the road. And again, like I mentioned, Golden State is going to get healthier at next year, next season. They're going to get uh, everybody back. Plus, they're going to have a high draft po- choice, whether they can either pick or they can trade for even more assets. So they're going to be something special again going forward with the what you could say is probably maybe their final run together yeah. as a group for their maybe one or two more championships. So I'll tell you it's what. It'd be interesting to see what they're going to do. Later this year, you and I got to have a conversation about that. Golden but, State uh, has a big decision about what they're going to do with that pick. It's going to be yep. – we, we don't know where it's going to – well, yeah. I guess. And yeah, Angela two that's two assets. That's uh, the top pick right there, top three pick, top five pick, whatever it falls on, and D'Angelo Russell. So they have not one but two yeah. assets they can really go ahead and utilize to make their team even stronger. But do they want to? Do they want to go for more championships and make a big trade, or do they want to like plan for the future and pick? I don't know who's going to be that big pick this year. Wow. You don't have a Zion Williamson out there this year like you did last year, right? Yeah. So I'm saying utilize that for more assets and. Uh, that are win now assets because Curry is not getting any younger. No, no Thompson's not getting any younger. Yeah, yeah. Green is not getting any younger. So no. you have that core, you have that mix. You might as well go ahead and take advantage of it while you can. Who would have thought that the Golden State Warriors would have nine wins at this point in the season? Yeah, I didn't think of that <laughs> for sure. I mean, even even with like all their injuries, I still thought you know they'll they'll win a game here and there, and but it's ugly. Ugly indeed. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. Tell you what, just it's been so great to talk to you. One last thing on the Celtics. Yeah. And that's what I want to ask is this. Let's say Giannis is out of the picture. Uh, you know, I hope not. I, I don't. I don't wish any injury or anything bad for the Milwaukee Bucks or anything like that. But let's let's take the Milwaukee Bucks out of the equation yeah. for a sec. Something happens that they cannot go ahead and and get that title as far as in the playoff run, as far as that's mm. concerned. Who do you see coming out of the East if that's the case? Because, like I said, from second to six, it's kind of like a mix mash of yeah. teams that everybody on any given day seems to be looking better than the others. Well, I think the Celtics are the second best team in the in the East for sure. Milwaukee aside, I think they can not scared of any of the other teams. Okay, that's yeah. that's what I want to ask because you have those three players, the key three right there, and I don't think any many other teams have a uh, three players that can all go off and and have a dominant type performance as Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and also you know. Yeah, exactly. So Campbell Walker is just such a you know underrated player, and and he's been such a great team. Addition by subtraction, I think is probably what the case is as Absolutely. far as Absolutely, Kemba's yeah. fit right in. The Gordon Hayward is the one that really has to get going. His season is 
how he goes is sort of how the Celtics go. Up and That's, down. Yeah. Uh, very up and down. But you know, when they when they lose to Detroit and to Washington, it's Hayward is sort of you know, one for 10 from the field. And then there's other games where they can sort of look like they can beat anybody. And it's because Hayward is contributing to, you know, what they're paying him for. And I know Hayward has been a source of a lot of angst for a lot of Celtics fans over the past few years and since look, he signed on. So. I understand he's not healthy. And he just when he was getting back, he heard it broke his hand. And but, you know. It happens, unfortunately, but That's he it. also is a, a big time trade asset as well. That, that yeah. you know, the, 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 been... the feeling. So basically, after what happened with Isaiah Thomas, whereas they, you know, they had him and then they traded him before he was signed his big contract, it's caused like Celtics sort of took a few hits among the NBA players in that regard. And then I, the, the feeling is that they don't want to trade Gordon Hayward. They don't want to be the team that's like, we trade the guy after we sign him, you know, because that's, it's sort of like unattractive for other free agents to come. They're like, Oh, why would I sign there? They're going to trade me in two years, you know? So I don't know if I put a lot of credence in that thing when it comes to Gordon Hayward, but I'm just telling you that's, that's out there. You know, I, I agree with you on that. It's out there. And, if something should happen to Milwaukee Bucks for one reason or another, mm-hmm. and they're not able to go ahead and go all the way in the Eastern Conference, definitely a Celtics should be a team highly regarded as possibly taking that that spot in their place. And you know, it, it could you know, it all depends on matchups in the playoffs. It all hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I think I'm going to get my Canadian passport revoked. I hardly talked about the Raptors or even mentioned them as a contender, <laughs> but. Well, the Raptors should be considered because they've They're had okay. a great season. They they have a balanced team as well, but like champions coming out of the East, not so much, right? Not so much. I I think Siakam is a great is is yeah, really a, you know just a great find and obviously a great story there and somebody who is really really going to help the the team long term. And you have Van Vliet who's done uh, such a sensational game. job. Yeah, it definitely the future is bright for them. Whether or not they can go ahead this year and say they're going to go ahead and repeat, I'm not so sure because not having Kawhi and Danny wow. Green there defensively is yeah, ultimately I think it's going to be a, a killer for them. Right, I agree. Once again, I have Skip Sherman from the Skip and Josh podcast. If you want to check it out today, there's a lot of great things going on with their show. They cover the world of sports in detail. Before we head on out, Skip, I want you to go ahead and let everybody know there what is going on with all the stuff at the Skip and Josh podcast. Well, we recorded an episode this morning. I should be posting that later today. We went for almost a half an hour. (laughs) Big heats coming from Josh and myself about this whole business with the sign stealing in Major League Baseball and people getting fired and suspended and we pretty much did a whole show just about that. And in the end, we touched on a few other things going on, like you said, with Vegas firing their coach in hockey and, and a few other little details. But for about 25 minutes, we really talked about the baseball sign-stealing scandal and you know what it means for the league, where do the teams go from there, did the punishment fit the crime, that type of stuff. And that's something I want to check out because I do want to hear your thoughts on it because it is a, it's a larger issue. Because Huge. as you know, with baseball – there's been a visibility issue. Yeah, sure, 3 million fans go out on average to many of the teams out there still to this day to the ballparks. But as far as a TV entity, as far as you know, the whole landscape of where baseball fits, since the turn of the century, it's become more and more 
okay, that's your dad's uh, sport. It is. Or that's your grandpa's sport. You know, well, that's, that's how it is in my house. Well, how yeah. is it in your family? My son doesn't watch baseball. No, they, no, my family doesn't uh, uh, as well. They just could care less about it. Uh, I even trying to get them to go to a game live and whatnot. That's still something that they would rather not do, and it's, which yeah. is terrible because the experience has always been for me live to be very enjoyable. It is the actual sport itself. It's just it's not aged with the times. It's not modernized in the ways that it should have. I mean, NFL that blew up here within the you know the recent decade. Uh, you know, and NBA obviously has reached out to so many different you know patterns. Uh, obviously, made the game more sexy to look at as far as it's concerned. So they've gone other way. NFL, it's the same thing. Baseball really hasn't done that. Although the trend towards home runs, yeah, uh, to me, you would think it actually be more attractive now than ever. For me, it should be because of the fact I love home runs. I don't love pitching contests. I don't love two to one games. I love 10 to seven home run slug fest and things of that nature where at any point in time, anyone can hit out of the park. But then you have on the other end, you have players earning tens of millions of dollars that hit 220. So I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of weird how we're at at these days and age and who strike out every other bat. So I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird how, you know, where baseball's at. So I'm definitely going to check out your show especially with the fact that right now baseball itself has a black eye because yeah. of the fact that the sign stealing whole scandal for two years, essentially, I mean, you yeah. have what Houston Astros did, but then you also talk about what Alex Cora may have done yeah. for the Boston Red Sox and yeah. the, it may be some punishment will be going down there. I mean, it's already cost not one, not two, but three managers and a general manager their jobs. Yeah. And one manager who never even managed the game got fired. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and the players get off scot-free. So, yeah. that, you know, you got to like that one. We, but, we delved into the reason why the players uh, didn't get touched in all this. So, And that's that's what I want to hear. And I also want to hear your thoughts. Should they have been vacated the title? Should they? Have oh, we the talked titles? about exactly the same should, thing. So you got to check it out. Dodgers, be going yeah. The so vacating stuff is a big Big part of what we we talked about today. Should you have given the the trophy to the Dodgers or or what oh, have no. you? So, you know, I, I don't know. There's just a, a lot of things you could say there, but I know a lot of things did get said on your show. So you <laughs> definitely, did. if you really want to know more about the sign stealing scandal and some great opinions on it, you need to check out the Skip and Josh podcast and all their their shows when it concerns the world of sports. Uh, you know, it's just a great show every time I listen to it. So I am going to check it out you know, after this broadcast when it airs. And if you're listening to this when it airs this week on the Lakers Fast Break podcast, please, please give it a listen. It's the Skip and Josh podcast. Ah, oh, Gerald, you're so kind. Thank you so much. Oh, no worries. No worries. You got to send me a promo, though. I, gotta, I, I, don't, have a a, I don't have a good one. <laughs> yeah, See, you're right. The, every, the Skip and Josh podcast, the best sports show on the podcast, but we just don't have a promo. Yeah, I'll make that. Could, that well, could be I'll, your promo. I have to get one for you. There you go. That could be your me. promo. For yeah. the best sports show that doesn't have a promo. There you go. There you go, indeed. Well, well I'll tell you what, Skip Sherman, it's just so great to have you on the program today. Any last thoughts on the way out on the Celtics-Laker rivalry or what's coming up ahead for the NBA in the second half? Well, it's down the stretch. Now it's battling for playoff positions. I think I think the playoff positions are mostly decided, so it's jockeying for position. And like I said, that race for number two in the East is huge. And in the West, I also think that race for number two is big. The Clippers are are in third right now, but I think they they want to play the Lakers in the conference finals, not in the semis. So, like, 
now we we talked about this sort of before you started the broadcast. Tonight's sort of like when the season starts, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, the NBA is going to be on our face. And and I think we're going to have some very exciting races and into the playoffs. Absolutely. And also a very interesting trade deadline. I know a lot of analysts have said out there that, you know, uh, it's not going to be as active this year. A lot of consideration. They say that every year. Yeah, they say that every year. And look what happens after that. But I'm just very intrigued to see what goes on there. Plus, like you said, what happens the rest of this season. Cannot wait for it. Yeah. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of today's show. By the way, the trading deadline, the biggest chip out there, right, is Bradley Beal. There you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm still, you know, if he gets traded, all bets are off. All bets right? are off. Right, because he's, he's, he's out there. And if some, he's a game changer for some a team that will get him. Absolutely. You never yeah. know. Could be wearing yeah. that Boston Celtic green. I don't think so. They've got enough shooters already. Uh, can't hurt to have more shooting. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, if you want to go ahead and send us any questions for Skip or myself, you can do so at any point in time. We're at, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. If you can also go ahead as well and subscribe to our show on Anchor or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, please do so. And also, you can send your comments as part of a five star review. If you send us in a five star review, and you go ahead and send us comments in there or questions. We'll go ahead and read on the air as well. Well, Skip, it's just been great having you on the program. We got to do this again whenever it's convenient for you because it's so great to have you part of the show. And, of course, right here, a part of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.